It is Saturday, the 3rd of October 2020, and this is episode 384 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another weekend edition of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and Ian is here as well. Hello, Ian. Uh, morning, Chris. I feel like we should rename this to like like the, I don't know, the brunch edition or something. Or yeah. I don't know. There's something we need to do. High adrenaline edition. Uh, it feels it. It does. It always feels a little bit easier on a Saturday afternoon rather than like a Thursday or Friday evening to get uh, this all out. Totally as we just said, it's Saturday morning, but never mind. Did I say evening? <laughs> you said okay. afternoon. <laughs> Hi, by, the t- <laughs> by the time everyone re- listens to it is it does is irrelevant anyway isn't it so it is so um yeah let's um let's move this thing on with starting with bite dance tiktok and the oracle saga so this is uh the deal in america that keeps tiktok allowed to service in america whereas uh, trump was threatening uh, the removal of rights for tiktok to be a thing um, because of its Chinese ownership. And uh, yeah, it, was a, it looked like it was originally going to be Microsoft that might step in and be the American distributor of this service. But now Oracle stepped in and said, we're going to do it. But it seems like, um, I mean, who knew this last minute scrabble together deal um, is confusing for everyone, including uh, TikTok, and, or sorry, including ByteDance and, and Oracle. They don't, no one really knows what's going on. They, it's almost like they have to say one thing but actually the reality of the ownership and you know is is very different in you know in the background yeah so oracle walmart believe they 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 own it and this and is something Byte... called tiktok global right this is the yep. new company that's been set I, up I, and believe ByteDance own nothing ByteDance believe it owns a majority of tiktok so they're probably talking about one and the same thing but they're talking about the different entities that they mm. think each of them owns but really, for Oracle, it was more about you know, they'll use a cloud platform. So they'll, they'll, you know, they'll transition over time onto the Oracle cloud platform. Um, Walmart, bizarrely, is going to have some ownership of it as well. Um, I, I, what Walmart has an ownership in an awful lot of stuff. Walmart is things, you know, in, in the, the, oh, yeah. the UK, Asda is owned by Walmart at the moment, although I think it's just been sold, hasn't it? Yep. But nevertheless, they've got fingers in lots of different pies. They, they do. Uh, but but think you 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 called it in the last one where where we've now got China saying right we're going to do an investigation into Google we believe we should be starting to split up some of these American companies now and yeah it's tit um, for tat it's you know and that's it, that's where yeah. that's where it's going to go unless somebody backs down and and that's not happening no it ain't happening so anyway yes the I'm just, like we say this is this is a deal done just purely to placate people uh oracle like you say gets people onto their cloud platform at a big service onto their cloud platform and and say in name this global this tiktok global is just there to satisfy that that sort of last minute demand and so that people don't have to be seen to backing down um more application news nhs covid19 app in england and wales has now been released so probably about two weeks ago so probably just after the last podcast this has now become available um, and that is the using the Google and Apple APIs to anonymously keep track of who your or what your phone gets near and how long it gets near, just in case uh, someone you know gets a positive test. Um, 
not sure of the exact numbers yet. I think you mentioned that it, the UK, one, sorry, England one had been downloaded over 10 million times. Yeah, six days ago it was over 10 million. And I, yeah. I'm sure I heard somebody either saying 13 or 16 million, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't find reference. Which seems, so, you know, as, as a population of whatever it is, 50 million, we probably, you know, the, the more we get up higher, the, the better. And, and the problem with it currently is that it's kind of voluntary system. And so it relies on people you know uh obeying the rules there's no although theoretically you're breaking rules if you get a a, a demand to self-isolate um there's no way of th- that the government can prove it ever so it does rely on a bit of trust and i think we're proving as a as a community right now that we're not particularly trustworthy um in some of these aspects people are admitting left right and center to coming back off holiday and thinking oh, i feel fine so i'm just going to go out about my my business um so yeah. Uh, nevertheless, we've said all along there are lots of pieces of this puzzle, and the application should form part of that puzzle. Uh, and the UK app um, has a few more features, I think, than your. The Scottish app has been out for a little while now, um, and we get things like venue checking. I don't think you've got that option. So that is where you there are QR codes at specific venues, and you can use the application to scan in using those QR codes, and that allows if a venue has an outbreak um, and that's traceable to the time you were there. Uh, you can get notified as well, as well on that. And we have a bit of information and we get the option to enter a test result. Uh, says, I, I believe, I don't know if it's been corrected yet, there was no option to enter a negative test result. So it can be that um, if you have a negative test result and you've already alerted lots of people or have already set an alert, you can't back out of that. There's no, you know, everyone that you've been in contact with will get an alert even if you've had a negative test. So I think, I think they should, and, and it's getting into the weeds of how, um, how the kind of testing is done across across both you know all all the UK, um, and that you can get there's the the kind of lighthouse outsourced kind of testing that's been done by Serco, and the app worked with that piece. But it didn't work with NHS testing. Yeah, and somebody did a I mean it's a horrendous flow diagram of all the different back end things that have to top together. Um, I believe now the England app does allow you now to put in your right, test okay. results from NHS. So corrected it, yeah. um, Sturgeon, I think, gave a, a positive update yesterday as well. So Scottish app been downloaded 1.3 million times. I think percentage-wise, not too far. Maybe we're just a little bit ahead, but we've been out a couple of weeks more. Um, so I think, I think both apps have had good take-up. Because um, although we have talked about total population, you need to look at it from a the kind of usable of that yeah. total. So it's over 16s only they're asking to put this on. And right. there's, there's only so much of the population have smartphones. So when you start to then break that down, you know, you're getting into, you know, maybe like, I think, I think they were talking about is at least 50%, they believe. Yeah, you know, which is and, a good sign. As long yeah. as, as I say, uh, we're getting into also the details of how, you know, the, the pluses and minuses of the Google and Apple, you know, anonymous system in that there is no enforcement and there is no traceability uh, from a central place. There's no. no vision or view on exactly what's going on with it. One one good positive that was said yesterday, so that so although although there's three different apps, if you look at you know Northern Ireland, um, Scotland, and England and Wales, it's from the same developer. Yeah. So they're now all talking about how do we start sharing that for people that are traveling. You know, if you're an MPE traveling from Glasgow to London, for example, how do you share that information between two apps? Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately the data is going to be the same, stored in the phone in the same way, and you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, but it, but it's two different track and trace systems, you know. So it's two different NHSs. It's two different. So it's yeah, yeah. It's how you can share all that and make all that work. But We've, still positive, positive. Yeah. Well, let's hope not positive. Uh, yeah. 
app makers are starting to band together against the Apple App Store and Google App Store charges. So these are the same players that we've been talking about um, sort of over the last four, five, six podcasts, something like that, um, all reeling against um, the 30% enforced fees from the app stores um, and Epic leading the kind of uh, leading the blaze uh, to, to to get everyone organized i guess uh, is the is the approach they're taking here and and becoming stronger because they're all combining together so they've asked anyone that wants to become involved in this sort of uh, organized group to do so and then uh, that that's how they're going to strengthen their hand when it comes to the arguments they're going to be making i guess in the upcoming court cases uh, when you look at the list as well no big surprise that the people that are that have kind of formed us, you know, it's ones we have talked about before, Spotify, uh, Basecamp, yep. um, you know, Epic Games, Tile, you know, so all people that are, you know, particularly fighting Apple at the moment in some way, shape or form. Yep. Yeah, and that, and say, by being, by being one, you know, conglomerate of, of, of one group, they do strengthen their hand because rather than just being one thing being removed, if you suddenly have to remove Epic and all those other providers from your app store, that's quite a chunk of stuff. You know, it's a bit like when the music uh, streamers lose a, a label. It's a big chunk of content that just goes dis- disappearing. And I've been surprised by, maybe I shouldn't be, because Apple are like this, but but they, they are almost, you know, reluctance to change. And we've seen Google over the last week almost emboldened like Apple. So they have now come out and said, you know, we've, we've not really enforced some of our rules properly. In the next year, you will use our payment system. Yeah. You know, so they are... So they're both, they're, they're kind of banding together almost, yeah. Yeah. And because it's such a big well, part of their business model right now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amazon, they've released or they are have made available a palm scanner for secure payments. So this is your ability to hold up your palm to a device and it will verify who it is uh, and therefore you can pay using that process. Uh, they, you know, we're seeing Amazon doing all sorts of, you know, streamlining and making things simple and, and biometric scanning seems to be the, the next one. I, I would say 10 years ago, we would find all this technology quite exciting. But the realities of it being implemented, especially when it's always by the same kind of companies that, uh, you know, it's always the thing. This home automation has to there has to be a layer of trust there. And I just I don't think those layers, they've been eroded recently. And I think in the last 10 years, we do see the with a bit more skepticism thinking oh, Amazon are going to have palm scanners, facial recognition. They're going to have uh, drones that are flying around your house, um, you know, automated stuff happening in your home. They can listen to you at all times. They're constantly. So it's just it's quite quick how it moves from being, wow, this pan- this amazing future vision to the big brother oil in control. And, and, and it's even not it's not even a government that's doing it. It's, a, it's organizations which we have no control over. So it's an interesting question for you because I saw people because I looked at this and thought, great it's another step forward in that whole how can i securely be me you know without having to carry devices around and cards around that somebody can steal easily i saw lots of reaction on twitter but and people were like anybody but amazon and i don't know how you <laughs> feel about it that i i i genuinely don't have a big issue with amazon having no you know, i just like say i don't information uh... No, it's 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 a but, technology but, firm spending money on doing technology things. Um, yeah, but but I saw lots of people going anybody but Amazon. 
but and and, and, like, but you'll get that no matter what big company you could yeah, insert you X know, company and let's say I'd rather but. have Amazon do this and Facebook for example. I don't know. Yeah, so you would say head. anyone but Facebook. So it's yeah. it's those perceptions, isn't it? I mean, it depends what you think about Amazon. If you're if you're a small shopping merchant on a high street, you probably don't like Amazon, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's that kind of perception breeds into it. And does Amazon have a bit of trust? Well, ultimately, they they do run a vast majority of the internet, or it seems like they do. Um, so, and, yeah. and I think, I mean, I, I just go back to the, where's the evidence that they're abusing this? And I think some mm. of it came out of that, you know, the 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 um, the government sessions where they were, you know, obviously they had some stuff on Bezos about, you know, your your own management team are abusing their position and you're launching products and killing people off. But, but you know, round about, the, you know, people have talked for years how all the companies are storing bits of audio. So whether it's Siri or Facebook or mm. um, what's the one that Microsoft had? I can't remember that you always used to shout. You can't remember either. Cortana. Yeah, Cortana, yeah. Um, so all, all, all these, I think we've found out all of them were listening in to try and make it more accurate, not necessarily, allegedly, to listen to the conversations. Um, so it's it's like there's lots of chat around these things without actual Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's very evidence. easy to build the conspiracy theories. And like you say, when you actually get to it, you can view everything from multiple angles, as in is this because it's just the pursuit of technology? And like you say, yeah, there's been nothing to say they they will abuse that position i guess it's the same thing that happened to google people realized quite how much information they were storing and facebook as well became very obvious how much data they were storing it's about who do you trust with your data and facebook yeah. has shown repeatedly that they uh, they they were very much more slack with what they were doing with your data as far as getting checks and controls and and allowing that data to be moved and sold on and it's just when you've put all this trust into a company it's very easy for them to let you down on that front um and, and i guess that's where this whole is it a good thing is it a bad thing no one knows right now no one can i think tell. the fear you know some sitting you're saying yeah it'd be great palm recognition you know walking at a shop you know it's in charge of my account great what happens when the government starts to say that around travel you yeah. can only travel on here if you are a good citizen whatever good is defined as and you can only get into certain areas of the city or certain stores if you are a you know what it is it's all that dystopian type you know, i refer you to charlie brooker's black mirror episodes yeah, yeah, yeah. on yeah your your rating and and what that unlocks but but equally i, I think they're they're kind of they're extreme views of what that could lead to and, but and sure it could but, but i think that that, that the, the seeds are getting sown right now it feels like with any new technology with anything when tv came along when you know movies came along all those things they always breed this nervousness about change and and yeah. you know and and we see it still now with internet and now the you know the, the the kind of connectivity around the internet of things and then home automation all those things breed this this worry and and yeah, that's because it's unknown it's, it's it's either exciting or or scary and, and oftentimes both 5g you know what i mean look at all the scare stories around 5g yeah it's just exactly it's new technology um yeah so Palm scanners, um, but they also had a kind of, you know, event where they showed off all their kind of new products. So we have new Echoes, Echo Dots. Uh, we've got an Echo Dot with a clock. Um, and they're all spherical now. So rather than the kind of tubes and um, bumps before, um, well, they puck was the, the other one they called it. So now they're all little spherical. Much more, yeah, kind of a distinctive view, 
kind of the Google went as that in between kind of rounded off <laughs> devices, and and now they they've kind of gone the whole hog and and created balls and orbs and things. And they look they look quite smart. You know, I think I think they looked a bit. So again, it's almost like they're softening the product, isn't it? Yes. So each iteration is becoming a. I'm not saying something that you would accept sitting anywhere, but it's not far off, especially if you look at the colours of them all. You know, you can, you know, easily sit in a shelf and you just wouldn't know it's there. You know, yeah. it's not. A, it doesn't look like a piece of electronics. I noticed lots of people focusing on the the the, the light ring, which is mm-hmm. you know they've moved that to the bottom. And some people are, are saying, you know, that's almost hiding more and more because that was always a lot more visible. Yeah, it's quite bright. Kind of... Actually, it's quite intrusive. And that's probably more the reason why they do it, because it, it really yeah, does exactly. bug you. It's a bit like an answer phone machine that keeps beeping once it's got a message. It's like, yeah, OK, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so the, the pricing is remaining largely familiar with what they've done before so it didn't seem like they was moving anything but they're still not exactly massively expensive devices are they so no. again they're keeping them dead cheap to encourage you in get more speakers around your house and other scary things like that um but the echo show so that is the one that's got the actual screen on it um that that now moves so it will track you around and will sh- keep the screen showing you <laughs> at all times i, I, th- I thought it looked a really quite neat device especially yeah, with See right now with all the you know lockdowns in effect and you know popularity of all the kind of you know zooming and skyping and whatever else you do facetiming, I I thought that was really I mean it's two hundred fifty dollars so it's quite a quite an investment, but it's a ten inch screen, and um, yeah. you can watch Netflix on it. I think it's um, it's unlocked now because they they were having all those problems with there were fights with it. was it Google and they couldn't show um Google, uh, you, yeah. you can watch YouTube and stuff like that which uh, kind of reduced yeah. its effectiveness but I think they solved that and now yeah like you say you can get Netflix on it as well. They were doing that hack where they were showing the web version of it and, and then but they were uh, injecting their own adverts and that was the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now that's all fixed and yeah you can get Netflix on it now as well. So you know if you're walking around your kitchen you can. You can have Netflix follow you around the room. Uh, they also announced Luna. So that is their cloud gaming service. Sort of, uh, People had sort of said, why aren't they in that market? Well, here you go. They are now in that market and uh, they've released a controller to go with that and their, sort of their low latency promises around you know what their gaming uh, service is capable of. Um, and relatively cheap um, in, you know, to get up and running with that because the controller is only $50 and I think that gets you involved in their platform um, whereas obviously uh, Stadia was a bit more than that to get to get up and running initially. I don't know what the current running price of um, to get control for Stadia is but um, yeah, there you go. So streaming is definitely a thing that companies and large cloud organisations are interested in now. Whether it's going to ever take off I don't know what 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 are your opinions? Do you think streaming will make it? I, I do. Um, so I think I just think there's 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 too much inertia there, and I think the actual product is is too good not to be. The fact that you can do that kind of you know sub, you know it's, it's they're all chasing being the Netflix for games. You know the, yeah, you, and this you, way it you you give us a subscription protects, doesn't it? That it, yep. you, you have to be subscribed to go and do these things. Yeah, you give me a subscription and I'll serve you up games, mm. and no matter where you are, you'll you'll be able to play them. And that you know if you distill it down to that simplicity, that's quite compelling. And then you get into the niggles of probably what I would say us is more conscientious. I don't want to say hardcore, but conscientious gamers are more concerned about the. But I want it to be my controller, or I want it to be. 
lag free and I want to be able to chat with my friend. I want, you know, you know, and you notice little things. You know, you mm. you notice a little bit of lag with some of them. So when we were doing Stadia, it was it was actually really you good. had Far you had better. a slightly worse experience than I did. I seemed to, it seemed to always be pretty rock solid for me, but for you it yeah. was a little bit more flaky occasionally. There was the first day was great. And then the second time we tried it, I was behind by seconds. Mm. And it just, no matter what I did, and and even though, you know, bounced, you know, bounced my box, bounced the router, checked the speeds, everything else I was trying was fine, but the Stadia connection wasn't. And there was other people online saying the same. Yeah. So whether that was, a, you know, how you're rooting rooted through, whether the server I was joining was in some way, you know, just spazzed out. Yeah. Who knows? But I think between... What Microsoft are doing, what Sony are doing, um, I think Google have really kind of dropped the ball around Stadia. I, I can see them just killing it at some point because that's what Google do. The, the the big problem that they had all along was that you know yes, there are big massive hardware costs here as well as game subscription costs, and they were separated out. So you still had even if you had a subscription, you still had to effectively buy your games at the same full price. So it's it was like two things to swallow, and the games were old games that were expensive for very good reason in that it's it costs a lot of money to put these put game servers up in the cloud which allow you to run these things yeah um and, and you can and, but you can put it with microsoft so microsoft and so 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 destiny 2 is i think the great example destiny 2 came with stadia and destiny 2 is coming with game pass yeah but every other game you're having to buy in game pass has got another what, 150 200 games on it yeah it's, it's, so it's, it makes it yeah and 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 but you do have to pay that 450 quid up front um and that that's what they're trying to get rid of but they have to still pay for that 450 quid that there's still hardware being run to for you to allow to be run that thing and especially in the kind of quantities that you can imagine that people go for a service like that is you know it has to be able to ramp itself up and down it's very sophisticated stuff anyway that you know we will one, see one, how that all plays out one last little tip but i know mm-hmm. you're desperate to move on the the support on iphones because they're doing it via web app Rather than going yep. through the app store, you're using clever, yeah. So um, that gets around it entirely, yeah. Yeah, and, and Androids are coming soon. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see is it because the, they bought a couple of small game studios, and it was like, is this for games for fire? That that doesn't really make sense. And I guess it was all around us. Yep. We have the new the Ring um, home security drone, which can autonomously fly around. It's like a little mini drone that can autonomously fly around your house if it if it hears noises. Uh, when you're away so it can go and have a look around what's going on um so i, I think this is fantastic but i want you to buy one because <laughs> i'm not um oh you're watching me oh that's very and, and i get i get i get it's actually quite quite a smart idea yeah but, um, and, and almost why not again 10 years ago we wouldn't have thought we would be talking about a drone flying around your house with a camera checking up to see what that noise was or checking so you can log into your little drone say did i leave the burners on on the hob and you can go and check that now and and we wouldn't have thought it would be because we would have thought why would we want to do that kind of thing is but now it's possible you know the technology's moved on that this is a ship next year so this is a definite this this feels like more of a punt it's like we've got something and and we'll ship it next year and the Fire TV stick and the Fire TV UI have been shown off. So again, just step ups from their previous offerings, um, as you might imagine. Um, again, forty quid, and you're getting HD streaming, Dolby Atmos, yeah, Alexa voice remote, 
Yeah, it's nutty. It's you know what I mean. It's just bonkers. And and that's all led by how much you can pump down the internet now, isn't it? Yeah, but but could you imagine that price point to watch that ten years ago? No, of course not. That's the bit that's nutty. You know, it's Eero, Eero Six, Eero Pro. Yep. You've got to say it with a bit of, you know, Eero. Um, that's Wi-Fi routers, so they've put their new one out there. Um, again, very much, you know, matching the kind of Google offering kind of price and performance. Um, we got Ring going into Ring, the security cameras and stuff like that. So like, you get Ring doorbells is, is what most people have seen, uh, but they're going into the car, car alarm, sort of car recording sort of side of things. Um, interestingly, Ring plans offer end-to-end encryption by the end of this year. And weirdly, in this world, you'd have expected that to be kind of quite an important part of a security system uh, yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Especially no, for it's... someone who could just roll out security certificates. It's not like it's difficult for Amazon no, to do it. So, so there, must, there must be something. There must be a challenge in there somewhere that we are clearly we just don't see. They can't watch it feels... if it's end-to-end encryption, Ian. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> but it's just... But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. as you say, I mean, Ring's been around for what? Ages. Four, four, five, six years. Which bits aren't encrypted? <laughs> um, we've got um, we've got the new processor happening inside of uh, devices. AZ1 Neural Edge chip uh, that's aimed to actually be able to understand uh, people more and understand where multiple people are talking and also ask explanatory uh, sort of clarifying questions, things like that. Um, and twenty thirteen. Wow. Okay. Yes, that's a long time. Um, all new wall-powered Echo devices will have their low power mode. So trying to say all these new devices we're creating, I promise we're trying to think of the environment as well um, by having low power modes. Um, and Alexa Guard Plus, more security features to your Echo device. Services. Yeah, service service market. There you go. And so that was Amazon stuff, but we've also had Google give us all their new Nest. Um, so that's their say of kind of market, their, their naming brand for all their home devices. And they've released a whole load of new ones. So we've got a new smart speaker um, to replace the kind of middle ground speaker that they had before. Um, like it's, they're like rounded. I don't know. I don't know what you'd call them, really. They're just I, I rounded called, oblongs. It was like a pill. Yeah, pill. There you go. Yeah. That's what I looked at. It was like a pill with the bottom, you know, shaved off so you can yep. stand it up. They're all going for these softer edges. So they're all trying to make it blend They're all and... softer edges. They're all material covered. And they're all, as you've pointed out, pastel shades. So, yeah. So so Apple, Apple Air came out. And you've said as well, so Google have done the pastel shades for quite a while. And Amazon have dipped a toe in it as well and done a few. And the Airs at this time came out with you know so that was what three weeks ago came out with all these pastel shades you know so you could you know it was like the usual kind of dark green silver but there was a kind of pink green blue and you're like oh that's interesting and then you see you know you see what what echo are doing you see what google are doing green pink blue yeah you know kind of white and black and we're, and we're going to come on to it microsoft have got a range of you know stuff that's come out much yep. the same again so uh- yeah, and it, and it's it's almost like that. It, it it does give them that friendlier look. Maybe maybe it's easier to fit into your home decor and all those kind of things. Um, but it's it's also we see the internet going trends, don't we? And these are internet companies. It's almost the move away from that material block color design to being a bit more subtle and and a bit more background rather than in your face. Um, I was just checking the Echo Dot. The Echo Dot comes the new one. It's charcoal, white, or twilight blue. 
<laughs> Twilight Blue, nice. Um, so yeah, uh, we will see soon how those speakers sound, but they apparently have got much better bass response, as you might imagine, um, or kind of step up. Uh, but they And they certainly look less devices and more uh, microphone heads or pills. Uh, yeah. And I think I mean I don't know how you feel when you've you've got both. I don't think I don't think there's anything in this that's that you would be like, oh, I need to upgrade. No, in, interestingly, I've actually because I, I ended up never using the Google ones. I just use the I use the other one, that yeah, Amazon. Amazon one. Yeah. <laughs> um, just for my and I, I really all I ever do is ask what the time is. Occasionally listen to the radio and mostly just ask it to turn on and off my lights. Certainly when you've got a new OLED telling you want to show off. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see what it looks like without the lights on. Unfortunately, <laughs> I've got motion sensors, which then turn them all back on again, which is not useful, but there you go. Um, we saw the Pixel 5 um, at $699. Kind of Pixel device, more emphasis on cameras again, because that's what it's strong at. Um, and a bump up in specs all over the place, not necessarily to the latest chips, um, chipsets and things, but just everything where you might expect a, a device to be and a, a good selling price as well. So 699 is obviously a step away from that thousand dollar region that we were getting to with with smartphones. So they've decided they're going to bring that back a little bit. Um, uh, and we've also seen the Pixel 4a get announced at $499 and that's basically a pixel 4 with 5g um i think there's probably are a few things that are missing from it but again focused on the camera focused on giving you a device that stuff you need rather than what you don't need i think the biggest thing was the price points like you say you know away from the you know probably the the, the kind of top end iphone samsung phones which have hit that yeah. thousand pound well they're even going are... north of thousand now aren't they so yeah but well, that's a starting price and if you want a bit more storage you're 1100 yeah um, so these are, and I think Apple's big seller last year was the one that was around about sort of the 700 yeah. mark, because that's well, where people are. Yeah, we've know. forgotten that phones, like the original iPhone, what's that, 300 quid or something like that? And that used yeah. to feel expensive. And, you know, yeah. we've forgotten how much those prices have bumped up. And when we now get offered a phone for 300 quid, we think it's an absolute bargain. Every couple of years, I stumble on Bammer's video when he was asked about, what do you think of the iPhone? It's taken all the air away from your, you know, Zoom launches. And he's like, you know, it's incredulous. He's like, you know, I think he quoted it was like a $500 phone. Yeah. Without subsidies. $500 phone without subsidies. Without a keyword. Zoom there. I, I like where we are. From, there's a name from the past. Yeah. Zoom player. Jeez. The brown one is particular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> uh, we've got a new Chromecast. Uh, this time they've got Google TV interface on top of it. So instead of just being the kind of cast from your um, phone to your TV, so using your kind of phone or your t computer as the kind of controller, they do now have their TV interface over the top. So weirdly, it's got kind of an interface over the top of Android TV, but they reckon that's all going to come and get rebranded properly together as Google TV. Um, uh, who knows what's going to happen? But ultimately, that that interface now has a, you have a remote control with it and it does allow you to get around the main content. So it will show you Netflix content. It will show you, you know, this, that and the other that you can then draw together and you can do one search and, and it's got a nice netflixy with want of a better term or you know yeah nice little interface there that allows you to get that uh 4k 60 frames a second hdr and it's still dongle based it's they're not going to set top box route and still a great price and i still feel with google 
it's just it's just a firm that's got too many too many departments chasing the same thing, which is why you've had all these competing products. Yeah. And they're finally, maybe at some point, just going to say we've got one. It's called Google TV. Yeah. Uh, Windows um, has ah. also been announcing stuff. Microsoft have been announcing stuff, and then ARM, uh, ARM, they have announced that they're going to be emulating <laughs> X64 uh you know chipsets using their arm chipsets to allow products that are no longer supporting our 32-bit arm architecture with their product ranges and now uh, so any any product which has basically got 64-bit does not currently work on these older devices they're now going to put emulation in place so that allow those applications to still work even if they are 64-bit based um and and bully for them and they've already sort of injected that into several devices i think which makes them just say more future proofed although how good that emulation is and how much slower it would be because of it i don't know yet yeah <clears throat> we'll, we'll, we'll see so the surface pro x which we're going to talk about in a minute is is has been out for a while they've got a new version and that's, that's downfall was always the but what you know what about the apps that you know won't run on this platform and it also makes me think the you know there's lots of there was lots of noise when apple have said apple silicon's coming out and they talked about emulation and they talked about building in their, their VMs as, as part of the operating system now. And mm. they showed you Linux. Yeah. They showed you, they showed you a few other things. And Parallels has talked to the background saying, well, we'll have, we'll have more to come. And I, I, I do wonder if this is a more to come where it's, it's like such you can a, do Windows because yeah, yeah. this is now dropping. I just, it's, it's such a meta thing to have a mm. cut down chipset pretending to be a exactly. full instruction set chipset. You know, and it, I say it's bonkers the, the 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 sheer grunt that some of these devices have things. And okay, we might see that this isn't performant. Who knows? I'm sure they've done the the, the balancing act on that. Uh, you know, availability of something based on how truly performant is it. But nevertheless, it like it just immediately extends the life of these kind of devices. So we've got the new updated Surface Pro 10 or X, um, and they've got a new color option. But yeah, battery life is still great because it is an ARM processor, and and they've up some of the specs but it's it's still ultimately you know this it's it's almost like an it is still like an ipad with a with a keyboard isn't it so it's it's that kind of that kind of direction so we still probably think of the surface pro more of a, as a, a laptop but actually it's it is that portable laptop arena where where ipads have kind of ended up yeah so i think the actual the, the surface pro on its own which i can't remember the version seven or eight now or six can or keep up with them um, you know that is like that kind of you know I'm not a tablet I'm not a laptop and the X was always the, the ARM one which was a it's like you say you know you get that 15 hours battery life and maybe that's where the emulation will come in that that yeah you can run this emulation and you can run your old apps but your battery life's now you know six hours because mm. that's got to come with a cost it's got to be a cost somewhere yeah. Um, yeah but no these look again look good devices you know iPad like big screen lots of storage got LTE on it. Um, and we've got the Surface Go as well, which is their real cheap end um, spec, yeah. which is really like your base iPad with a keyboard. On that a Chromebook. Kind of... So, so the, oh, the, Chromebooks, the article yeah, I pasted yeah, in was, yeah. was Chromebook. And I've got to be honest, I have never, I've never used a Chromebook. I have used a Chromebook. It, you know, ultimately, just felt like using a computer that with in a browser, like like you do nearly all day, every day, anyway. So it doesn't. It feels a little strange in in some respects, but ultimately, it's just like having a full screen browser. Yeah, and I think, and I think for, I still think, see for, I was going to say most of what I do, probably like 60, 70% of what I do, I think a Chromebook would cover me. 
Yeah. It's when you, you know, it's doing these kind of things where you know, we're recording the podcast, doing the, the audio and video editing, and I still, I still think that's where it's like, no, you're you're using hacks and workarounds and. Yeah, a bit like you would find if you're if you're on a tablet, those kind of same yeah. restrictions. I'm doing one yeah. thing or another, but when I'm trying to do multiple things together, they're they're kind of slowly ironing those things out. And um, the Go is priced at five four nine, um, so you know, dead cheap for a laptop. But unfortunately, it's in the arena of other dead cheap laptops. Acer has been doing this for quite a few years now, and they they have got better specs um, at the same kind of price point. So you are paying for the Surface brand and also probably a bit more refined design, maybe a bit more solid uh, construction. Um, but it's kind of it's got its own thing. And like you say, it's competing against that that Chromebook. And and whilst the opening level is it really is quite low spec, as in it's got four gig of RAM, and 64 gig of storage, which really is really quite tight. Um, and as soon as you start expanding that, obviously, the prices start going up. Uh, but nevertheless, um, and yeah, and you, we can get up to eight, nine, nine dollars. So again, once you spec it to there, then it's maybe, you know, it's, it's almost like it, it fails to meet quite a, the expectations, but it's still a cheap device if you're looking to get into that kind of PC market. And hey, it's got loads of pastel shades again. Yeah, so that one thing I will say, Microsoft, that their keyboards and mice are, are generally, you know, I would say really good. Well, they can't no, be worse than the Magic Mouse, can they? No, it's just, just awful. Um, I, I just love people defending it. It's like it's I don't know how you can do it. It's, it is it's crap. It's horrible. It's crap. And also, I still see pictures of people charging it, you know, having mm. to turn it upside down and charge it because the charging cable's underneath. It's like the whole thing is just a turd. Um, and, and I just form keep over function far just far. Too. It was the ultimate form over function, wasn't it? Biologitech and just yeah. stop stop fighting a, <laughs> a device that is like <laughs> yeah. your number one input device. It's just crazy. I don't mind that I can't precisely click or drag or drop or control yeah. it, and my hand cramps and it's really yeah. low. It doesn't fit my hand, and all those other things. Yeah, and then it loses connection. And, and... but yeah, range of pastel colours as well. Um, and some nice looking devices. As I said, I always think the Microsoft ones are pretty, pretty yep. well done. Disney Plus has come out and said it is now going to offer a feature or co-watching, and they're calling it Group Watch. So, depending, even if you're in different locations from other people, maybe people in your family, you can still watch the same movie together. It allows some form of integration or inter interaction between you, so maybe chatting, maybe putting emoticons on up on screen and stuff like that, and just generally having that feeling of watching something together. Um, I don't know if you know who are like me, but if I'm watching something, I don't want emoticons coming up on my screen. Uh, even if my family was in the room, I'd be telling them to be quiet. I'm trying to watch a film. Uh, yeah, I um, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I, and I think I'd. I was going to say I thought it was just me. I, I'd like to. It's to say, and that's, that's my. It's the thing I hate at cinema. I think I've shared this with you before. Yeah. It's like any little noise or somebody getting their phone out. I always want to beat them up. It's just, <laughs> I find it distracting. Yeah, um, it is distracting because then you're thinking about them. It's it's almost that situation. Will you just sit down and be quiet? I'm trying yeah, to watch this yeah, film. Yeah. <laughs> Stop putting thumbs ups over over so, everything. So maybe it's an old man thing. Maybe it's just <laughs> yeah, you know, again. But other people I know like to watch in that group experience. Yes. And, and but they're not really watching, and... are they? And that's our issue with them. And exactly. They're just trying so, to be social. Um, they're not trying to enjoy the entertainment. No. So, so if this is your thing, <laughs> then it's launching in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, um, and it's also launching today in the United States. So, not quite the UK yet. 
And we've seen other yeah. providers doing similar kind of things, or or rather other people sort of add hacks, add, hacks and add-ons. Yeah, and stuff there was like hacks for Netflix, um, yeah. and I think other ones have added in proper ones. Um, and I think that what they've done with this one is I think they've just went with the emojis and stuff to try and minimise the, you know, you're, you're wanting to watch your content, you're not wanting to watch like a YouTube chat. Can you imagine having a really emotional scene, an emotion, <laughs> a really sad scene, and then there's like little little yellow crying emojis popping up over his no. So I was just thinking it's like a really emotional no. scene and, and in the corner so I'm just writing Bobag or something. You know, and just, just, and you just, and that's, that's, that's what you would do. Yeah. Yeah. Bethesda has been bought by Microsoft in a massive, massive move. I can't believe we didn't talk about this last time. I guess it was just happened afterwards. It just feels like it's been around forever now. Um, but basically, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Wolfenstein, Doom, Dishonored, um, loads of, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls, we could have stopped at that point, really, for, the, for the, the impact that has. Microsoft owns it. There's no guarantees of where and where exclusivity will happen, whether things will be time exclusive, whether they'll just be completely console exclusive, all those kind of things. But for a lot of people things like the elder scrolls games are just whole massive things all of themselves and currently we've got them across all consoles and very much in future it looks like we're going to be microsoft exclusive on those at least for time limited now that doesn't exclude pc users which is obviously another massive community of that so even if it's exclusive to the xbox console you still leave it open to the pc and that is one massive advantage that sort of microsoft has in that it really does have those integrated systems on pc and um you know and and in the and their console as well um but yeah and, and playstation have come out since and said we're going to focus some effort on pc gaming i believe um probably because they feel like that is a weakness at the moment so so sony have so it's weird so sony um sony have taken a couple of their titles and, and put them on to to pc you know like a year 18 months later and they've been really well received and they've said they said a few months ago we're going to do more of that so they obviously see it as a market they can't ignore yeah um and and I mean, this, it, it, as you see, the timing's weird because it feels like it's forever ago. But it was the, it was two days after our last podcast, mm -hmm. so it was it was the twenty first, um, and there was rumours online that Microsoft were about to drop a bombshell because the next day was the, the Xbox pre-orders. Yeah, and there, some of the rumours were saying they're going to cut the price, so they've they've, they've kind of tricked so, Sony into a, here's their price. Sony are like, well, we'll just start drip feeding our pre-orders now with our prices, and yeah. Microsoft are going to do a. You think that's a surprise? We this is what we're hitting. But this, I think, was far more impacting. You know, the the you know the news dropped. Everybody knew the t not everybody knew the time, but they were saying it'll drop it. I think it was going to be like two p.m. and you know it was you know our time and 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 it just I mean it, it just boomed across Twitter and the gaming forums. It's huge. You know, it's amazing it, that they kept that bit quiet and not the console launch and price quiet. So, is it? And so I've watched a couple of like podcasts and other things afterwards from Microsoft, and they they themselves are amazed that they've kept this because lots of most things don't keep quiet now. No, because there'll you know, be some most, disgruntled person who knows about the negotiations most going things on. Leak yeah, out, or yeah, there's rumblings. Yeah, here, Jeff, look at this bit of news. This paper I've just yeah. shoved under your door, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So this, 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 and I think that was what made it more impacting. Yeah. It was, it was like a wow. They've bought another, not just another studio, but a studio of this size. And immediately, imagine all those people who love those games from Bethesda. They now, uh, if I want a console, it's got to be an Xbox. And then, 
there's all sorts of is this a good move is this a bad move is this a as in is and, and i mean that from a is that a good microsoft mood is that a a bad for consumer move all those kind of things because you know ultimately and is it going to be bad for bethesda games they're they're notoriously in effect badly coded in some ways they have all sorts of security loophole not security uh, loopholes in the actual gaming world which makes them quite interesting in the speed running community for example finding little cratch and glitzes but they don't seem to need to find them in those games they just exist um but people love it for that uh, and say does elder scrolls still hold such a massive appeal if it's going to be constricted in who can actually play it and i, and I think i think it will do I mean as i said this couple of forums that i frequent the reaction was huge you know just and, and a couple of polls yesterday you know and the numbers of people that have said the last you know two three weeks and microsoft and what they've announced um and the way sony have performed have actually they've actually switched which console they're picking up first microsoft I, from a you know my perspective have nailed since the early where they were tra- they were definitely trailing and they were trailing quite badly playstation were nailing it. at the time of the playstation announcements and their gaming demos playstation were ahead uh, and since then we've had all of the the you know the game subscription stuff we've um we've had all of you know the buying the, the you know these key players and the hardware and release uh and uh, previews and things like that and i think I think Microsoft now are on the front foot again, and Sony is certainly on the, on the back foot. And the price, I believe, Microsoft led that price at a, a rate that neither of them wanted to go at, and I think PlayStation will suffer more because of that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, never, we never really touched on. Uh, I, I tend to try and keep away from, like, you know, let's talk about the kind of pre-release stuff. But the early looks at the console, um, so this is a Series X we're talking around now, is is all been really positive, you know, so performant, um, quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, backwards compatibility. Really Key. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Um, which, when you've got to get any new games to launch, you've got is, to have is, it. Yeah. Yep. So, but but really, a really positive, you know, a universal set of positive you know, yeah. reactions. Which, but was, but it was very very controlled, as in it was very specific oh, NDAs, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously, because they've got consoles, they can play these things, but they can only release the NDA is only for these set criteria. So we saw what twenty thirty videos all across all the main providers on YouTube all talking about exactly the same aspects of the console and and all of them like you say universally praising um, and these were the interesting bit for me is these are non-optimized games so I can't, is it i want to say is it smart delivery they've called it some crappy corporate yes. name yeah something like something that. like that is where you're going to get a you know buy a game on xbox now and we'll give you an update for free you know in a few months time that gives you better graphics or takes advantage of something basically it always upgrades itself to the better the best version you can play on it, your yeah. hardware yeah. Yep. But the, the videos that I was watching, none of these were optimised for that. And instead of hitting 30 to 40 frames per second, they're all hitting 60, which yeah. we'd, we'd hope to expect, but they're getting a really good, you know, consistent play, playing experience. So just one more thing before we go on to... Well, EA... In fact, EA is now going to be part of... Uh, EA Play is going to be part of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So another string that was dropped, and a really, really good one, is that now all EA games on their EA Play platform are going to be included in Game Pass, which is just brilliant. I mean, because that EA, you know... Um, subscription was really good value it, as long as you wanted to play those games um for itself it wasn't ex- it wasn't particularly expensive and it gave you it unlocked all those games that you could play and now the fact these two things are combined together into this ultimate um passes again it's it's making it harder and harder and harder for sony to match that um especially given the backwards compatibility nature of all that as well 
Um, yeah, so this is and and I mean you're right. This is eighty nine games, you know, and and they're old, but but you're getting that last year's FIFA, last year's Madden, last you know. So you get all the sports titles last year. I mean, you look at last year's and this year's. It's not that much difference. Well, no, this is the best year to not have an upgrade, isn't it? Kind of thing. Yeah, you know I mean, there's not that yeah. much difference. And if you look, if you look round, you know, it gives you all the latest battlefields. Yeah. You know, it's it does that the, the content wise. You know, if you're you know, if you're new, so I, I, I subscribed to EA Play, uh, and I was actually going to pick up in PC just so I could. I wanted to experience like Battlefield, yep. you know, on on the new gaming PC, and yep. how does it look, and you know, turn it up to his, you know, let's get those fans using, yep. you know, using as much as as air as possible, and it's it's going to come. So it's so on November tenth, so the release day of the yep. Xbox Series X, then this all this will appear on an Xbox Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Um, and it'll be in December for PC um, users as well. Again, so, making that financing subscription service again looking really like interest-free purchase and of a console, including all the games that you're going to yeah. need. And and so Doom Eternal yesterday, or sorry, the day before, dropped on Game Pass and console as well. So a game that only came out this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, critically acclaimed. You know, eights to nines across the board. Go and play it. One final thing before we move on to the final story that we're going to cover is Bethesda, a bit like you're, you know, when you're investing somewhere, past performance is not necessarily a guarantee of future success. Do, you know, are they past their best days, maybe? And these are the, these are the dangers of buying a, a studio, right? Have you bought them at their peak? And they paid an awful lot of money for this studio, right? Have you bought them past their peak and are they on the down there? The last Fallout game was fairly critically slammed and generally not liked by the community and they tried to big it up and it didn't work uh, uh the one before that wasn't you know it, it, again that did that was fairly well received but you know I, again i'm a bit bored of those games now maybe i you know haven't got i don't so, like that style of game and and yeah. so and and a bit like their rare but in fact a little bit like most of their um purchases we've not seen massive things coming out of those um like rare was a massive purchase at the time this was years ago they did that and arguably they've not really produced that much since and okay we now play sea of thieves and it is a pretty compelling game right now but at launch it wasn't um and that and arguably what games have rare released that we really they they haven't been able to recreate their glory days and that and you know and is this going to be the same are they bought something for its past games and it's it's a massive thing but they paid an awful lot of money and was that money well spent so I think I think there's always a risk of that, but I think you know when you look at Fallout, for example, and and we're probably the wrong, we, they're not our go-to game types. You know, I think if you had, you know, a couple other folk on this podcast talk about it, they'd be telling you all about how great Elder Scrolls and Fallout were. And you know, I mean, I love those games. Don't get me wrong. You know, so so you know, but I, but I think they've obviously seen what's coming. So Starfield is like their next big new franchise, which Sony rumors this is sony were allegedly trying to get exclusivity on in the console they were in the market to buy that game and, mm-hmm. and lock it down to being a sony exclusive um and i guess microsoft have talked trumped it and said I'll, I'll see that and we'll just buy everything else and there's always a risk that that you know you are you buying somebody that's got a bit old got a bit fatty um i am assuming microsoft have done the homework seen the upcoming titles see where this fits in um the accusation that was always thrown at Microsoft was great hardware, there's no games. Sony have locked up those, those great first-party studios and Microsoft, you've got nobody. You've got lots of good third-party content, but where's the 
you know, you've got Halo and Forza, there's Gears of War, what else? The, Sony the, could point, and, and, and yeah, Halo I, missed it this year. Agree. Absolutely agree. Forza, you know, we've not seen anything. Yeah. You know, so is that next year or not? So so they've now got, I think the figure is 23 studios. But why haven't we had, in the last five years, 23 releases of something? And I know it doesn't work like that, but they, they started buying up studios, you know, we're probably talking five, it's seven a, years they, ago. But, We've but, not seen any real good I know releases they killed, from that. I know they killed, was it the Ninja Gaiden? studio was it was like a year away from launching something and it was it had been shown at two or three e3s and they killed it because it was rubbish i think that yeah. was the answer and, and so, so so is all this spending is it is it has it led to anything and and well, arguably no we, the series x has been it's been dire for good reasons. I, I think we'll only know in five years time yeah it's that length of time we're not going to know next year but my my point is five years ago they were doing similar things buying studios and well, we haven't seen that reap any rewards five years later. Well, I, I think we have. So what I would argue is if you go back to 2013, terrible launch of an Xbox. Um, it was all about media. Um, Try to remember the guy's name. Phil Spencer came in, kind of took a bit of time to write the ship. Um, I think we got the hardware sorted, which is easier to sort. The software, I think, is a longer-term thing. And I do think Game Pass is a really compelling product. Because I remember Definitely. when I joined Game Pass, I was like... I wasn't I don't, sure. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of this. And I was convinced because I thought, well, I will buy a Forza. Crackdown, it can't fail. Crackdown was awful. It was. I mean, it's an <laughs> awful game. Um, and if I look at what else is on there, you know, like your No Man's Skies and some of the titles on there, there are huge, great titles that are just there waiting free to play yeah my, my biggest issue is probably if i look at what i've really played on that game pass is um i'd already bought the halo so it wasn't that was after it was after that um but it forza horizon absolutely we we rinsed that game um yep. for, for months on end we're doing the same with sea of thieves now so really i've actually just paid an awful lot of money for two games <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, over that, but it hasn't felt like that because I do have the option to go and dip in and out yeah. of other games. But nevertheless, if you actually analyze it, uh, I, ha you know, I have bought Sea of Thieves and it's probably cost me a lot. And it's bought, I've bought Forza Horizon that probably cost me a lot because that's what I'm playing. Yeah. And I think, but I think there's other things like Destiny's dropped on it now with all the expansions, um, which I do think, you know, is a great game to get into. There's a, there's a number of other really good games that are on there. Um, also, Microsoft seems to be pursuing. The kind of, and I don't know if it's a PC background, that kind of early release and we'll drop content every, you know, six, eight weeks yeah. and we'll just build a game over years. Yeah. And I don't know if the Game Pass models allowing them to, you know, Maybe. build up an audience, build up a, you know, you know, passionate community and it shapes the direction of travel and that's where it goes. It's because it, it's, you know, we're seeing grounded. A similar type thing really it, simple game it's and such it's almost the, dropping all the time it's almost the final iteration of the move away from the old console cartridges which yeah, when yeah. they released those games that was it that is that's yep. all you had for forevermore then we had xbox which was cds but you could get these little incremental bug fixes and now we're in the situation where you you buy a game that's in preview mode and it just grows into a game over time whether that's you know whether that's going so to be look work. At, look at look at flight sim. So flight sim, we we're talking about it last night, yeah. which is which is which another game sample, which yeah. we're playing we're playing in Game Pass, an amazing world simulator. But if you're if 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 you're the type of person that needs content to guide you, it's not there. Nope. There's there's a 
I don't know, 10 landing challenges, there's 10 windland challenges, there's some bush, you know, bush tour things that you can go on. And, and that's it. But that's the kind of guided stuff. Whereas if I want to fly from point A to point B, anywhere in the world, I can go and do it in any of the 30 planes that are in there and pick any weather condition and view real-world traffic or any player traffic. That's that whole concept of I can go anywhere in the world now and take off. It's almost, But it's almost too much. That's almost too but, much but to what, take in. But what they've already said is, so for the first, the first um, geographic content, yep. so Japan's been released, and there's a tour of Japan, and there's extra airports, and there's extra graphics. And what they're talking about is each, I think each month they're going to do something slightly different. So it's like, a, I think it's geography, and then some game content, and I can't remember the third one, and then it'll be a geography thing. So yep. they've clearly got a roadmap. They're talking about a 10 to 20 year lifespan of this game. There's there's geography, there's the graphics, and then uh, you know the map and interactions and, and, and pl- uh, airports and things like that, and then there's also the game content. So they're the three. Yeah. They're, they're the kind of really cycles they're working to. And and, and, and that's and it's, it's only until we've got some of those in the bag that we're going to have it on Xbox, and that's where, because at the console point, you need to have content there for it to be a console game really and it's i mean it's a, a stunning game that again i've not paid for yeah no definitely it's a, a brilliant game uh google has killed well killed support of um vr basically their daydream platform this was the platform where you you could have a, a headset and you could drop your phone into it uh, and that would then turn it into a vr device well they've kind of their latest devices do not support that anymore uh, I don't know, it's a surprise here. The the whole AR VR thing really intrigues me. So I I love the concept of it. And, you know, you invested in Oculus. Yep. You know, I've you know played with Oculus and Vive and all sorts of different things. Um I've now got a I've now got a PC that, that can power one of these things. I am thinking about ooh, it'd be nice to to have something. So so yep. um Star Wars Squadrons came out yesterday. It's got VR support. Uh, it'll probably fry my brain. Um, <laughs> yeah that'll make but, you feel ill but but i was sitting there going god it would be nice to put a headset on right now but the headset yeah. options now feel like it's it's mostly facebook is driving this so they're throwing the quest tons is of it money. the quest that seems like the obvious choice but that you the know. quest 2 comes out in october mm-hmm. oh which is this month um and but it feels you said like, that like oh i just remembered that you you're planning this uh, <laughs> I, I, so i guess i guess where i'm going in my head is that the for me, the things like you know, like add-ons to the PC world, so like VR. Like I'm always amazed Microsoft never said we've got a VR option for for Xbox, but I just don't think there's something that's hugely compelling. They they Plus, well they are compelling in the short term. Uh, yeah, the long-term prospect to them is not so compelling in that they're heavy, they're sweaty, they they disassociate you from the environment. They're actually quite, you know, it does make you feel a little bit, you don't know what's going on around you. So that awareness yep. is not there. All those kind of things add to a product, which it's not necessarily a healthy thing to do all the time. However, they, they still, I, I still remember the first time I whacked one of those headsets on, I was just blown away by that world. And it was enough to buy a whole PC, a whole VR headset off the back of it. And still now, if I, it's been a while since I've even bothered setting up my headset, but still now it would still be that compelling thing but i think the quest is nailed pretty much the and the quest 2 will nail what that what it will be which is a, a drop in and off headset which can work independently but can also hook up to your pc um if you want to have a bit more of a you know power behind that I mean, psvr i mean they've they've had a really successful product it didn't work for me um but really successful and by all accounts squadrons is playing really well so the playstation vr players are loving it 
it's just that extra freedom you get from being able to you know look around and um as i said that kind of thing it just it's compelling but that, that horrible sore head sweaty hot mess that i was getting to is not compelling <laughs> But the multi, I say that I just still have now. We did some multiplayer games in VR, and it's just bonkers. And driving in VR is mm. just again not quite there in the fidelity when I last used it. But that's obviously going to be moving on and up every every year. But it's just, um, I think it'll still get to a point. I don't think it's like your, uh, you know, your 3D TV. I don't think it's a flash in the pan that disappears. I no. think it's more. It will be something that does maintain itself. It's still a technology that's useful and interesting and entertaining. I was listening to a, a podcast with um, Zuckerberg, so he's 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 still really bullish on it. But his his vision is like is you know decade away. Yeah. His vision is um, you know I'll be you know me and you'll be having a conversation, and I'll be using a device on my you know, on my face to project you on the sofa next to me, and I'll be able to hand you scan a bit of content and hand it to you, and you'll be able to you know as he knows this is a. Where you movies know, show today, oftentimes reality yeah. follows tomorrow, and we've seen that. And it, it, again, vision, from a human interaction point of view, that's quite compelling. Yeah. So that's the vision he's chasing. Apple are obviously putting lots of the building blocks together yeah. around some sort of AR thing. You know, when you look at what they're doing with maps and what they're doing with, you know, just like you know, you know this little app that's you know you won't need to download the app; it'll just work when you when you point your phone at it. Yeah. At some point, it's not going to be a phone. But it's just where the, when the hardware starts to allow us to do it. Um, so yeah, it, it, in some ways a shame, but I don't think it's a surprise because they put this out there and then we had nothing else really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. That's it. That's our news for the, since since the last time we spoke. Um, if you want to find out more about us, who we are, digitaloutbox.com. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as Cheesy UK. Ian, where do we find you? com for for no updates since july <laughs> lovely <laughs> uh, uh, I, I should say have you got anything final you want to say i didn't let you do it if you got a pick or anything like that I, that wasn't uh, no no uh, uh, squadrons is actually a pretty pretty sweet game for 30 quid there you go so, 25 quid so the latest star wars star wars squadrons go uh, take a look if, if you like x-wing versus tie fighter um, um it, it, uh, but i'm also now wrapping my head around the whole pc world of um, I, I have my joystick and I have my throttle and why do I have to map every game? Why yeah, is this yeah, not yeah. easy? Yeah. Then you just forget, you know, the console really looks after you. <laughs> and, yeah, um, Guarante- it's a guaranteed controller, isn't it? That's the, that's uh, yeah, um, but no, really, really. And, and the, other, the other thing, I guess, is we're five, six weeks away from these new devices now. So November 10th for the Xbox, November 17th or 19th for PlayStation. Yeah, it really long. is close now. Um. Yeah, remind me next uh, time to, when I've had a bit more time with it to talk about my new uh, LG CX or C10. Um, CX. L- apparently C10 because last year's was C9. But you, I know, but this, CX. <laughs> uh, Apple anyway, said it's an X. Anyway, my new TV, <laughs> which I didn't need, but I've got anyway, I've got now a nice OLED screen um, ahead of the console releases. So uh, once I've had a bit more time with it, I'll feed back on that next time. It's huge. It is massive. The telly. Anyway. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Ta da.